Hello and welcome. We are the Ladies of Strange. I'm Ashley. I'm Tiffany. And I'm Rebecca. Thank you for joining us each week as we discuss the history, mystery, and theory of all things questionable, odd, and eerie. We did it. (laughs) That went flawlessly. Welcome back, guys. Hello, friends. We're fine. Everything's fine. No, it's not fine. What? We have Ruck with us. Woohoo! <laughs> How rude are I'm, you? I'm kidding. Wow. So smooth. Thanks. <laughs> so subtle. I should have introduced him. Might have been nicer. It's good to say. We have an amazing, I initially wrote ghost, but it's supposed to be guest with us today. And he is not the hero indie podcast need right now, but he is the hero we deserve. The Batman of indie podcast, Ruck from 5 and 30 with Ruck. Woohoo! So much better than Rebecca's. Way better. Thank you. Okay, fine. You have 30 seconds to explain your podcast to us. <laughs> Reckling, can you tell us about yourself? I'm boring. Uh, the show is just there to promote other podcasters, like everything else I do. Ask them if I have random questions, all of them totally safe and appropriate for everybody, and then give them 30 seconds to promote whatever they want at the end of it. Honestly, that was not an honest answer, sir. It's a fantastic show. You guys should check it out. I enjoyed it. All, all the questions are chosen at random, I swear. Mm. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Picked up on that one. All the questions that were submitted specifically for one person are chosen at random. Why are you looking at me? Because <laughs> I don't know what's airing first, and I can't give hints, but I know you. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like you guys conspiring against me. So you guys should check that out so you know what she's talking about. It's magnificent. And yeah, give our, our buddy Reckland some support because he deserves it. Well, thank you. I still feel lost. I don't know how I got here. Same. <laughs> Did I answer the phone at the wrong time? Did you answer the what phone happened? at the wrong time? Yeah, he's on the on a call right now. But why would... What? <laughs> Am I going too fast for you? Do I need to slow down? Always. <laughs> Did we need cue cards? Yes, please. <laughs> that would make it so much easier. I like it better when it's just like you know chat online because then i can process for a second before i respond she can google the big words (laughs) (laughs) you're not wrong so today we've got a uh a special treat for you guys since uh we have our guest ruckland on here we're gonna switch things up a bit normally uh one of these lovely ladies in front of me will present a topic to the rest of us yeah uh to the rest of us and we sit along for the ride but for ruckland we are each going to present a small topic and let him sit along for the ride oh i'm excited uh, you should be it's exciting this is gonna be fun it's gonna be a hoot and a half a hoot and a half a hoot and a half so do we need a rock paper scissors who's going first or tiffany you look really excited i am really excited i'm gonna call dibs on this one and go first because okay. I saw this and I wanted to cover it on the show normally, but there wasn't enough. So I figure since the three of us are presenting, mine can be kind of short. So I'm going to tell you about something really cool. Canada has a lot of things going for it, mainly Celine Dion, but (laughs) a lot of things. (laughs) That's that's what they're known for. Exactly. Celine Dion and syrup. And Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) And moose. Oh, yes. And yes. Yes to all of that. And weasels. Are weasels? Correct me. The uh, one person who's Canadian? actually... Yeah, that's Alaska, not Canada. I was say, I saw weasels in Alaska. Fair. I did not see any animals in Canada when I was there. Oh, weird. I was in the middle of a major city. Non-native. Yeah, Escape. it was cold. <laughs> it was November. A. So do you know what else Canada has? Um, Tim Tams. What the hell is that? 
It's a candy. It's like a wafer cookie candy thing. Sounds delicious. But I'm talking about Hitchbot. It is, simply put, Hitchbot was designed to be a free-spirited robot who wants to explore the world and meet new friends along the way. Is this you in a box? No. (laughs) (laughs) It is just what you think it is. It's a hitchhiking robot. That's terrifying. It's basically just a bucket with a face and noodle arms and rain gloshes, and it's amazing. I want to go to Canada now for this. Right? Oh, oh, but it it travels, so it could come to you. He's close (laughs) enough to Canada. Right? It wouldn't take long. (laughs) Eh? Eh? (laughs) So created by professors David Harris-Smith of McMaster University and Frock, Frank, Frock, Frog, yep, (laughs) Zeller of Ryerson University, Hitchbot was just what you might think it was, a hitchhiking robot. He successfully hitchhiked across Canada, Germany, and the... Did I say Germany? (laughs) I'm more concerned that you said hitched hike, not hitchhiked. Hitched hike. I'm keeping you on your toes. He successfully hitchhiked across Canada, Germany, and the Netherlands. Wow. Okay. How did he get across the ocean? He hitchhiked on a boat. He actually did take a boat at one point. <laughs> he flew at other times. Actually, when we get to the Netherlands, I'll tell you about P- it. Plus, the robot himself can fly or he got on a plane. He has his pilot's wings. So wait, the robot's flying the plane. That's not answering my question. <laughs> I meant like, does the robot have like a little propeller on his head? Or oh, no. He, like, he got on a plane. Eva, Evie or whatever from Wally. No. <laughs> <laughs> That would be ridiculous. That would be. Okay. That's where we're drawing the line? Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Apparently. See, you are listening to the wild card story, so. Ruck gets me. He knows where the line is. So, in Canada, it traveled over 10,000 kilometers or 6,214 miles for us Americans from Halifax, Nova Scotia to Victoria, British Columbia. So for us Americans who don't know, from the West Coast to the East Coast. <laughs> so all across Canada. All across Canada. Uh, his journey began on Sunday, July 27th, 2014. It hitched 19 rides and spent a total of 21 days exploring Canada before reaching its final destination. Uh, Hitchbot made a lot of friends along the way, shared great memories, including attending a wedding, dancing in Saskatchewan, and meeting some of Canada's First Nations. I don't know what that means. (laughs) The indigenous people? Fabulous. Now I know. (laughs) That's... I don't know what that means. That's what it had on its website, and I figured it was important, and it was. I didn't think to look into it any further. Look, I did my notes on my lunch break today, because that's how I roll. (laughs) There are a lot... Like, they're typed out. This is more than I normally do. That is true. So after traveling Canada and getting lots of excited people along the way, so you could follow the progress on Twitter and Instagram and, like, see where he was going to be and go pick him up if you wanted to. So it was really cool. A lot of people were into it. So uh, he went to Germany on February 13th, 2015. He began in Munich. In just 10 days, he traveled through cities like... Okay. (laughs) All right, here's the deal. It was like the cities are actually going through the cities. <laughs> he was going through it was the a cities. simulation. Okay. So there's a city that I'm sure is not pronounced Cologne, but it <laughs> looks like Cologne. And I meant to Google how to pronounce it. It didn't. 
Maybe it's deodorant, not cologne. <laughs> Maybe. Parfum. <laughs> Parfum. Parfum, Germany. <laughs> so it traveled through Cologne, Berlin, and Hamburg. Along the way, it visited castles, Brandenburg Gate, and Cologne Cathedral. Relying on the help of its German friends, Hitchbot hitched a ride in a sports car on a bicycle and a bus to safely travel back to Munich on February 22nd, 2015. Bicycle? Yeah. Big bike or tiny robot? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's not tiny. He's like small human size. Like, not like, small human like, like my child, but like, I don't know, 14, 12, 14 year olds, maybe. <laughs> What's the size of Big an average? Big brain, tiny package. What's uh, the size of a not quite developed human? Like halfway developed. Reckon you have children. So do we. <laughs> y- yeah, so do you. My, mine's a toddler. <laughs> doesn't count they're still feral at this I mean, point looks like it's about the size of my 10 year old now that i found pictures there you go of it. see 10 year old <laughs> yeah. so it could fit on a bike how old your brother oh shit <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i have an 11 year old brother about that size yes <laughs> fair ah <laughs> uh, shoot okay <laughs> You're so pretty. So, similar to Canadian Adventure, nope, similar to its Canadian Adventure, Hitchbot attended a wedding near Frankfurt where it received a special kiss from the bride. Ooh la la. Kiss the wrong person. Unique to its German Adventure, Hitchbot participated in the Carnival Rose Monday Parade in Cologne. So I'm got- real curious how you actually say that. Uh, so am I. <laughs> For this little robot to make these big journeys, it's a little exhausting. So mm-hmm. after his two trips... Yeah, how do you? How does he charge? He's probably solar powered. I would hope so. That would make sense. I was thinking big battery, <laughs> but solar powered <laughs> makes a lot more sense. <laughs> battery the size of a ten-year-old. <laughs> well, that's what's in a Tesla, and it's not going to go that long. Oh, True. See, <laughs> he. I don't know. The guy that just made Tesla is having a baby, so he could. <laughs> He didn't do that with the car, though. Yeah, I don't ask questions about how that happened. You don't know how babies are made? Well, I don't ask how they made their baby. <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> I know how my baby was made. So about this robot. Yes, okay. <laughs> so after a year long of hitchhiking and making new friends, Hitchbot was due for a little vacation in Europe. Aren't it- we all? It shined its wellies. Wait, oh, another side note. Sorry. The first time I saw that, I read Willy and I got excited. He's <laughs> <laughs> headed to the red light district. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it shined its wellies, packed a suitcase, and hopped on over Air Canada's newest flights to Amsterdam. So from Germany? So, yeah, it went to Germany and well, then went he back went to back, Canada. He and went back home went, to Canada. That doesn't sound cost efficient. Well, he had to go home and like report his adventures. He's a robot. He couldn't find a library and just plug himself in? I didn't ask. (laughs) (laughs) You you know, there's also the idea that Air Canada might operate out of Germany. I'm also guessing this is an R2-D2. And would Air Canada fly from Germany to Amsterdam? Probably. Well, he did fly out of Canada to Amsterdam. Okay. That's when he got his pilot swings. That's when he got his first taste of cannabis. And Uh, he never hitchhiked again. Well, for three weeks, it visited the Netherlands um, from June 7th through the 24th of 2015, exploring some of the most notable arts and culture locations. So whenever you see Hitchbot on the side of the road and you go to pick him up, what are you in for? Well, he has over 4 million songs at his disposal. He has access to Wikipedia for talking points. So when you talk to him, he can say... So he has like 4G capabilities? 
sure or does he just have it downloaded sure okay yep these are important questions it's it's at his disposal <laughs> it's Rebecca, at his it's disposal, just magic so i would hope that, it's downloaded it's just magic electricity is Could magic you imagine oh. the roaming charges on a robot <laughs> roaming charges <laughs> <laughs> fuck dude that's an expensive robot i mean out of range when you look at him you can tell he costs like 20 bucks to put together so maybe they that's where all their extra money went was the roaming roaming charges (laughs) uh he can use gps to give you fun facts about your travels along the way just be like we're crossing through nova scotia nova scotia is home to weasels real quick real quick we're just crossing through nova scotia nova scotia is x hectares big yeah exactly (laughs) yeah if he didn't speak in haas i'm not interested (laughs) 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 (laughs)
and well, popped his head off. I mean, it's true. It is true, and it's sad. But the video that they found of it ended up being a, fr- a fake. So the creator of Hitchbot said that the GPS signals and all the like stuff that they got from him all went dead in this area. And that is after it went dead. That's when the vandal did their thing, which makes me really sad. But he has a brother named Culturebot 3.0. Culturebot. Culturebot. And Culturebot travels the world exploring. Isn't that um, Nicki Minaj's kid? <laughs> <laughs> what? Some celebrity named their kid Culture. Uh, of course they did. Sure. Cardi B. Not Cardi Nicki B. Minaj. Silly me. Who's that? It doesn't matter. Quote unquote rapper question dot. Sure. Uh Uh-huh. So real quick before we uh, wrap up here, Culturebot goes through art museums and critiques art and even post poetry that he quote finds. I believe it's one of the creators will like upload his poetry for Culturebot. But as Ruck mentioned, Hitchbot was pretty good at social media. And I went through his Twitter and found some of my favorites. So we're going to talk about them real quick. I'm going to go off and read them and get some chuckles. But I haven't been able to find anything about him since 2015. Like there was talk about him having another adventure one day. Like the one that came to America, I think, was version 2.0. The original is in. It's part of a permanent collection of the Canadian Science and Technology Museum. And they talked about eventually having another one and having it hitchhike, but sounds nothing's come right up, up yet. Rebecca's alley. It sounds fun. I the mean, Canadian Science and Technology Museum. Like, if my senior design project could have been that, I probably would have been happier about it. What was your senior? Design uh, it was a pedicab system a bridge. for Atlanta to try to solve the traffic issues. Did it work? No, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> no. No. Clearly, it did not. Well, dang. Too bad you can't go back and do it again. That's fine. (laughs) That is fine. All right. Well, let's hear about Hitchbot's Twitter. So I just have a couple of these that made me smile. June 4th, 2014. Wonder why I'm hitchhiking? Robots can't get their driver's license. At least not yet. Hashtag robot rights. (laughs) Somebody complimented him on June 12th and he said, thanks, so-and-so. You seem nice. I don't think robots can fall in love as fast as humans, though. August 9th. Speaking human is difficult for me as I only recently learned it. I find inner peace by staying quiet for a bit. Hashtag robot problems. Actually, he might be onto something. (laughs) Seriously, this robot had a much better social media game than I'll ever have. I know. It's amazing. I've only got snippets here, but all of it made me really happy. Okay, R2-D2, Rebecca. Uh, (laughs) November 23rd. Wait, Mr. Stormtrooper. I am not the droid you are looking for. R2-D2 is downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) A a traitor to his own kind. Right? What more do you want out of a robot? robot for themselves. Uh, Whoever was operating that platform, I want to high five them. December 6th, there was a picture of him posing with Santa and said, Santa said that I've been a nice robot, so I asked for two gigabytes of RAM. What a great day at Lakeshore Parade. Uh, January 2nd. Oh, this one made me happy. Oh, shit. I lost it. Here we go. Here we go. January 2nd. To all my kind friends in the new year, let the intelligence be artificial, but let the love be real. Cheerio. (laughs) He's cute. (laughs) Oh, we know what Tiffany's going to be doing for the next while. Just Uh, going through Hitchbot's Twitter. Oh, that's what I spent my entire lunch break doing. It hasn't been updated since 2015, so I'm good. January 23rd, getting ready for my trip to Deutschland. It won't be easy for me to tweet in German. Some words are too long. 
Okay, February 9th. After asking for phrases that he should know, he said, I really like your suggestions, especially, insert German phrase, which means, please don't take me apart. I hope not to use it. (laughs) Too bad he had to use it in America. Well, that's the problem. He said it in Dutch. Dutch. (laughs) (laughs) He said it in Deutschland. You're so pretty. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Did you just pull that you're so pretty on Rebecca? I did. I've been getting that a lot recently, and it's making me nervous. Does it work? No, makes her uncomfortable. It makes me worry what I did. You've been getting it a lot from Tiffany? Yeah. Oh, it's because I'm rubbing off on you and you're starting to say a lot of questionable things. Rubbing off on her. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's not a fan of that, but I do it anyway. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Almost done here. May 1st, I sure love springtime. My family keeps telling me to stop and smell the roses, but I don't have a nose. Hashtag robot problems. But he has a family? He calls his creators his family on Ah, Twitter. Okay. Like he introduces you to his family before he goes on his first hitchhiking adventure. It's really cute and wholesome. I love him. He's my favorite. Uh, March 29th. I read a book this week about artificial intelligence. It was written by Android. Hashtag robot humor. God, that's terrible. It's so good. (laughs) It's so good. July 9th, as a bucket, I'm making a bucket list of things to see. Where should I go in the land of the free? Not to Philadelphia. No. Do you guys want to hear what was on his bucket list, though? Yeah. Okay, so he marked off, see the lights in Times Square, do the wave at a sports game anywhere. He did the wave at Fenway Park. Uh, Let's see. Didn't he have noodle arms? He did, but there was a picture of him sitting at a box at Fenway Park, and his arm was up. Okay. So. <laughs> it counts. That constitutes the wave. It counts. Uh, let's see. Pose with the Lincoln statue in D.C., tan at Myrtle Beach in South Carolina, experience the magic of Walt Disney World in Florida, explore the Cloud Gate in Millennium Park, Illinois, stand under the Gateway Arch in Missouri, hear jazz music in New Orleans, Louisiana, be the fifth portrait on Mount Rushmore in South Dakota. <laughs> See the geysers in Yellowstone National Park, Wyoming. Be sleepless in Seattle, Washington. See the house from Pixar's Up in Utah. See draw-dropping views at the Grand Canyon in Arizona. Vegas, Nevada. Take a selfie with the Hollywood sign in California. And climb the General Sherman Tree in California. So he got to accomplish two of his bucket list We items. have very similar bucket lists. You two could I have been, been a robot. And then, oh, the last two entries, August 1st, 2015. Oh, dear. My body was damaged, but I live on with all of my friends. Sometimes bad things happen to good robots. And then later on, August 1st, my trip has come to an end for now, but my love for humans will never fade. Thanks, friends. Ouch. Oh, so sad. I know. Damn it, Tiffany. I know. I had to end it on a downer, right? Way to go. I know. I'm full of disappointments. You're welcome. <laughs> But that's what I've got for you. That is Hitchbot. And now I feel bad for the robot. You should. I like how we have talked about people being brutally murdered, lost, confused, tested on all of the things we've talked about. And I've never seen sympathy from Rebecca. And then she's like, but a robot. (laughs) (laughs) Priorities, you know. Uh Uh-huh. I think Uh, we need to talk. Hi, I'm Rebecca. (laughs) I think we need to. She wants to go fix it and make sure the wires aren't touching. Yeah. Ah, yes. Accurate. Okay, um, I think it's past that, but I appreciate your um, condolences. Mm-hmm. 
That was cute. Thanks. I like that. Oh, I'm so glad. That makes me happy. I actually put effort into this one, and I normally don't, so you're special. I normally don't. Really? You don't put effort into the show? I'm hoping that that sarcasm I heard dripping there was all made up in my head. <laughs> I can never, I can't tell. You, it always seems like you do hours and hours of research. Okay, now While you're going a little extreme. Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca's really good at what she does. Yeah, she does a lot of research while we're recording her it's episodes. Struggling <laughs> under the table. Uh, ba, ba, ba. <laughs> but yes, uh, who would like to go next, ladies? It don't matter. I, I can, can go next. Okay, you can. Bye. Save the best for last. Y'all know that mine's not going to be as bright and cheerful as a hitchhiking robot, so. It's a toss-up with you. Okay. Whether it's fun and cheerful or everyone dies. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I pour candle or stoves? <laughs> Sometime everyone needs to die. So, known as criadias. Uh, lamb fries, prairie oysters, to the Greek as unmentionables, and to the Chinese as tiny treasures. I didn't Google or f- try to figure out how to pronounce them in the native language. Are we talking about testicles? Other names include huevos de toros. Yes, we are. Calf fries. Mm-hmm. Swinging beef. <gasps> cowboy caviar. Oh, my God. Or tender groins. Rebecca's talking about testicles? I'm so happy right what now. What the fuck is happening? Is Tiffany awesome. talked about a robot. <laughs> there was Rebecca's a special, wor- there's a special request. Oh my God, I'm so happy. There was a request. I'm so confused. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> Many communities in the United States celebrate this low-hanging delicacy with annual festivals <laughs> that... <laughs> dedicated well, to the mountain rock... Mountain, <laughs> the mountain Rocky Oyster. Rocky Mountain Oyster. I'm so happy right now, you I'm guys. I'm so confused. It's like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And right? I don't know how to handle it. <laughs> I already have a tangent, and it's great. You guys want to know where the term balls to the wall came from? Oh, my God, yeah. Please tell me there's a game yes, please. involved. There's a what? A game? No. Oh. I feel like, you know, when you go to the carnival and they have all the balloons hanging on It's It's not that. Oh. So before we get balls to the wall... <laughs> Back during the time of planes, many aircraft. What? Stay with. What? Back during the time of planes? I might have had wine while making. <laughs> I might have had wine while what making my notes. What is happening? So in 2015, when Hitchpot was on a plane, that was way long ago. Stay with me. Stay with me. Um, many aircraft would be controlled with a level or plunger acceleration mechanism. This mechanism would be tipped with a ball. Therefore, when you wanted to use maximum thrust, <laughs> you'd go balls to the wall. <laughs> I'm just really curious what the time of the airplanes was. <laughs> and what happened since then? That was, that was me trying to be funny and then not following through with the joke. <laughs> Back before airplanes went extinct. Exactly. Oh, shit. I, I broke Ashley. I'm like, I'm so confused right now. And it's real hot. <laughs> Again. <sighs> okay. So these delicacies can be served sauteed, sauced, or most popular in the United States, deep fried in batter. Generally, before cooking, this delicacy is scalded, skinned, and soaked but- in cold water before cooking. Kicking. Cooking. Before I heard kicking. kicking, and I was like, you don't kick balls. That's a no-no. <laughs> Once they're detached, it probably doesn't matter as much. Tenderize that meat. <laughs> exactly. Ow. Um. 
Also, <laughs> writer Jesse Donaldson had this to say about the delicacy. Calf fries are about the size of a cracker. The meat was surprisingly mellow, almost bland, and not spongy as I expected. What kind of cracker? I, hmm. Ritz? I don't know. <laughs> it tastes... Triscuits. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. There's different sizes to consider here. It tasted mainly like batter. When I finished, everyone looked to me for a verdict. So I grabbed a second before saying anything, figuring balls are best eaten in pairs. Oh, my Agreed. God. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> So, (laughs) (laughs) this is amazing. It's amazing. I'm so happy. Many cities in the United States, including Virginia City, which is in Nevada, I had to clarify that like three times. That's very confusing. Fredericksburg, Texas, and Montrose, Colorado, have. Are you sure? That's you have what that correct. That's what Google said. Okay, I checked. Like that doesn't make it right. <laughs> okay, these are very small towns. Just Frederick, FYI, Texas, but Virginia City, Nevada. Repeat one more time. Virginia City, Nevada. Uh-huh. Wrong. Fredericksburg, Texas. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> and Montrose, Colorado. I can't speak to that one. They all host their own festivals dedicated to this well-rounded snack. Fuck, Rebecca, you know our rule, right? <laughs> if we talk about it on the show, we have to go. I know. I want to go. Well, Virginia City Would we go? does exist in Nevada. We need to it find does. out when it is. I, we get to that. Okay. Because if it's around the same time as Frozen Dead Guy Days. Well, the one held in Montana, from wow. what I can tell, the location changes or it changed recently. I'll get into that. Is known as the Testicle Festival. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah. Or Testy Fest. Yeah. Testy yes. Festy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, this is God, this, this is a amazing. wild ride. The festival has typically been hosted in the middle of nowhere, away from major towns, and hosts many activities for the festival goers, including <gasps> yes. multiple bands, yes. testicle eating contests, okay. wet t-shirt contests. They Are you sure they're hand. not what, what shorts contests? <laughs> <laughs> what? Hold on. Uh, a lot of consensual flashing from female attendees because there's lots of beer there. It's Wait. like redneck Mardi Gras. Look, I like titties as it's much like as redneck the next. Mardi-, Mardi Gras is redneck Mardi but Gras. At a testy festy, <laughs> you want to be flashing testy. Yeah. You're not going there for the titties. Yeah. Well, it's like a girl's gone wild thing, too. I don't know if I would want to be eating balls and seeing balls. That it, might it's be too kind much. of an aphrodisiac. To see balls? You bet your sweet to what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so also be- something called the Undie 500. The oh. Undie 500. <laughs> oh, God, yes. So long story short, it's a drunken relay. In, in their underwear. Yep. In teams of two. <laughs> uh, as you do. Tidy whities One team member sits on a child's tricycle and steers while the second pushes. Please tell me these tricycles are only used for this event. I can't. I I wasn't able to verify okay. that. Well, it's like the uh, naked bike ride in New Orleans. That those we are, did not know was a thing until it was happening. Yeah, those are the bikes you <laughs> rent around town. Yeah, pro tip. Do not rent the bikes in New Orleans. Or just carry Clorox wipes. It's Y'all are fine. so sensitive. I was not prepared. Your ass isn't going to be on the bike, too. You have protection. 
anyway, so we have two adults on tri on one's on a tricycle. The second one's pushing. Once they reach the other side of the track, the rider jumps off and chugs a beer. The teammates then switch places to race back to the other end of the track where a second beer is rapidly consumed. I was going to say that I would ride the tricycle and let you push, but then we'd have to swap. Would you be comfortable riding on the tricycle with me pushing you? Absolutely. All right, let's do this. All this must be completed while the team members are wearing tidy whities Down. Of course. <laughs> there was a clip. It warned of nudity. I did not watch it. Oh, lame. Oh. There were, Probably because there were tits. Was there a link? I'm pretty sure there were balls. Yeah, is there a link? Is there a link that will be on the blog? I will, I will post a link. Yes. <laughs> we'll put, put a link, link. on Discord. Uh, yes, just like no context. <laughs> just no context. And just yeah. No context. Just put it there. The mods won't care. I, I promise. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, all seemed like good, raunchy fun. The festival was canceled for in 2018. Lame. Lame. After consuming too much alcohol, a male attendee was placed in a Jeep Wrangler that was being used as a shuttle between the festival and hotels. During the ride, he became annoyed at the driver grabbing the wheel, causing the Jeep to roll, killing both 33-year-old <gasps> Vanessa Anderson oh. and 36-year-old Donnie Barlow and injuring seven others. No. The man, How many people did they have in the Jeep? I couldn't clarify that. There's a lot of people injured. No. But the man blew a .209. So he survived, oh. but everybody else yeah. in the car... Well, the driver. Seven injured, two died. That's Ouch. awful. The man pled guilty to two negligent homicides and six counts of negligent endangerment on October 14th, 2019, agreeing to 30 years in state prison, 15 for each negligent homicide. It was, it was unclear how much he was charged for the negligent endangerment. This horrific incident, which occurred during the 2017 festival, caused the event to be canceled for 2018. However, due to the popular demand, the event returned in 2019 yes. and is scheduled for May May Yay. 14th, 2020. Yes. Happy birthday to me. Yes. So if you want to go to Testy Fest, I want to go to Testy Fest. I will Fest. leave a link to the Facebook and where? event. Where is that Montana? Montana. 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 Oh, Cowboys. So this guy's in jail now. Yes. yes. For 30 years. He's in jail. Where he, where he gets a new Testy Fest. Oh. oh. So, Brooklyn, we're friends. I like you. <laughs> she just established that. <laughs> you so, heard it here first. Folks. So, you're welcome for testicle festivals. You know who you are. Thank you to whoever, whoever suggested that for Rebecca because I love that. But hearing Rebecca tell us about it just was like even better. the cream of the crop. I'm still real confused yeah. about what just cream happened. Cream of the crop? Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, mm. <laughs> Rise to the top. <laughs> <laughs> not after it's deep fried. No, no, it does not. <laughs> no, probably not. It kind of shoots out the side then. I oh, If you bite it incorrectly. <laughs> now, have any of you tried Rocky Mountain Oysters? No. Nope. No. Yes. Yes. How is it? They're bland. You, you really do just taste the batter. It's like deep fried butter. I mean, that doesn't sound too You've terrible. you deep fried butter? I'm right next door to Wisconsin. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> it's required. Fair. Fair. I mean, we're, we're bratwurst beer and cheese is breakfast in Wisconsin. I mean, oh. deep fried butter is not that far I am off. in the wrong state. Yeah, that Clay does Matthews. sound amazing. Yes, you are. Beer, brats for breakfast. That sounds phenomenal. My little Midwestern heart is aching. Nothing like a sausage in your mouth in the morning. Great way to Amen. start the day. Breakfast of Champions. Uh, Ashley, do you have a story? 
Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize we were supposed to be going totally off brand. I thought I was going off brand and I forgot Tiffany was covering a robot. So everything's topsy turvy. Well, I'll try and balance it back out. Please do. You be our, our return to normal. And normal? Our normal. Yes. <laughs> I don't okay. think it constitutes Fair. normal for anyone else. I don't know why I keep looking at the computer. <laughs> like you're here, but I should just like tape your face on there. That's creepy. <laughs> well, I keep looking at it and I just it's see a blue line. It's like your like, heart rate. Why do you have my face to tape it up someplace? Don't question me. <laughs> but creepy <laughs> is on brand for us. We're going back on brand. As we're talking about creepy, do y'all want to learn about the history of embalming? Yes. Yes. <gasps> oh my God, yes. And the world is right again. Let's go. <laughs> so embalming is the treatment of a deceased individual to temporarily preserve and forestall decomposition. I'm glad you clarified deceased individual. Well, if they weren't deceased, when they start the process of embalming and remove everything from inside their body, they would be by the time the embalming actually happened. Valid. You hope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure once, you know, they suction out all of the blood in your body and remove vital organs and fill it with embalming fluid. If you can survive that, kudos. Then you're probably my ex-wife. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, if you're out there, <laughs> kudos. So the most famous ancient embalmers were the early Egyptians. Egyptian religious beliefs held that a person's soul could not enjoy an eternal afterlife unless it had a body to inhabit. Therefore, everyone who could afford it would have their corpses treated with the process of mummification. The internal organs were removed, the cadaver was packed with salt to dehydrate it, and then it was wrapped with a linen or muslin cloth that was soaked in oil. Okay. Um, about the same time, the people of the Atacama Desert in South America were using the dry winds of the arid land to preserve the bodies of their dead. In ancient Tibet, corpses of religious monks were sometimes preserved by packing them in salt. And in many other countries, bodies of prominent people were slowly roasted over a fire to dry them out. Aye. Uh, okay. Yes. Things have changed. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> in China, embalmed bodies from the period of the Han Dynasty have been found in remarkable states of preservation. The Chinese had apparently found a method of injecting fluids into the body to prevent decay. But it still remains unknown on what chemicals they used and how it was done. That's pretty cool. In medieval times, corpses were eviscerated, immersed in alcohol, and stuffed with preservative herbs. The final insult involved wrapping bodies in tarred or waxed sheets. But with the kickoff of the Renaissance, artist and anatomist delved into the dark art of human dissection. They wanted to learn about the human body, and they wanted to accurately represent it in medical text and artwork. Even Michelangelo and Leonardo da Vinci got involved, but they faced damnation from the church. I was just going to say, like, could you imagine being one of the first people to be like, why don't we just, like, chop it up, cut this up and see what's going <laughs> just on? Just poke it with a stick. in there. Yeah. No, they went a little more in depth than I could, poking it with a stick. I could see the church being a little offended by that. They're dead. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I have anything against it. I'm just saying at the time, I could, I could see that just being like, we're just going to, it's fine. Let me just cut this open. That's why you don't do it in a church. Yeah, it's totally fine. 
And then you're fine. No, you do it in the basement of the church. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> Nobody Trixie goes in the hobbitses. basement. Obtaining human remains represented a dangerous affair, so preserving corpses in a more refined way proved crucial. Leonardo da Vinci kept detailed notes about his experimental embalming fluid recipes, which featured camphor, turpentine, lavender oil, vermilion, rosin, not sure what that is, wine, potassium nitrate, and sodium nitrate. Rosin? Maybe. Rosin. Like the stuff we used on our bones. your fiddle hard. Um, He also injected wax into the ventricles of corpses so that he had something to work with later. I don't know why that made me feel really gross. Having wax injected into your body? Yeah. Yeah. If I were dead, I wouldn't mind. Ah. (laughs) Uh -uh. Don't like it. Was he trying to make candles out of the dead bodies? No, he was just trying to (laughs) preserve it so that when he would go back and make notes, everything would still be where it was initially. Uh, mm -mm, Nope. So he would go in and preserve the body and then he would like analyze it. And he wanted everything to be where it was initially because he was smart and knew about decay and all that fun stuff. I'm Um, still going to ask no. You're going to ask no. (laughs) No, (laughs) No, thank you. Um, in medieval Europe, the process of burial was regulated by a series of rules set out by the Catholic Church. During the Crusades, when many knights and noblemen died in their faraway holy land, the most prominent and wealthy were sometimes crudely preserved by being pickled in a barrel of <gasps> wine until their remains could be returned home for a Christian burial. I have such mixed feelings. I mean, why would you waste the wine? So being pickled in wine? Yeah. Is Christian? It's apparently better than embalming them. It's Catholicism. (laughs) Well, if left on your counter, wine does eventually become some form of vinegar. So if it's exposed to the air, I understand the pickling. So you're leaving dead bodies on your... That's not what I said. (laughs) It's not what she said, but she didn't say no. (laughs) She's not saying no. During the age of exploration, this practice was adopted by naval vessels who traveled far from home. When Admiral Nelson was killed in the Battle of Trafalgar in 1805, his body was kept in a cask of rum for the three-month voyage Ah, back to Europe. That's a waste of rum. That's a huge waste of rum. (laughs) Isn't there a bar that they have like a pickled toe? Yeah, and the the sour toe cocktail, it's like in Alaska. The bar owner just died. The oh, inventor of it. Sad. Yes. The inventor, was it his toe? No. No, there's a whole story behind the toe, but they've had multiple toes. Cause... Ten toes. Yeah. Okay. And no, I, I don't mean that as in there are ten toes on a body. I mean, they've had ten toes. Ruck, do you know what the sour toe cocktail is? You've lost me on this one. Oh, darling, it's fantastic. Okay, so there's... Well, make me one. No, we... Bring it over. We can't. <laughs> we physically can't. Yet. No, we, we are not. We just need a moment to prepare. Hold on. No. Okay. <laughs> Look, so I've sour... got a couple toes that are giveaways. not your favorite. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the sour toe cocktail, there's a long story of how the toe was initially acquired, but a toe ended up in a jar of liquor. So there was a cabin in the Yukon that during the gold rush or something. Yeah, somebody lost a toe because, you know, Frostbite. it's hella cold up there. And um, it ended up yeah. in a jar of alcohol. Well, then the founder of it ended up like stumbling across this cabin, finding it and was like, it's an alcohol. It's been sterilized. I'll, I'll drink, drink the that. alcohol. So now you can go and join the club by taking a shot out of or with the toe in there, and if the toe touches your lips, you're supposed to have good luck. 
And the most recent one, most recent toe was donated in 2018 by a guy who was doing that con trail thing mm-hmm. with the horses, or not the horses, <laughs> wow, with the dogs, and uh, had to quit because of frostbite and lost a and toe. Lost a toe. It's awesome. I want to go try this. Yeah, well, yeah. When I mean, we they, all go to Alaska. They've had to replace the toe because, like, the toe disintegrates over time, and they did have one guy just straight up swallow it. Ugh. Yeah, people got real mad at him. I would have gotten mad at him too. Yeah. You have to, if you swallow the toe or something like that, I think there's like a $100 fine that you have to pay. But I mean, it might be worth it. If you can get the toe back later, you could sell it, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone would want the toe after that process. There's not enough alcohol in the world. I say that, but it's a frostbitten toe. toe that. So embalming. <laughs> I will not be partaking in the toe tail. I Sorry. want to. But it'll be totally awesome. It'll be <laughs> totally. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry we went on that tangent. As medical science advanced and human anatomy became better understood, the possibilities for preserving a dead body increased. After a British doctor, William Harvey, discovered the process by which blood circulates in the body, it became feasible to present decay by injecting an antiseptic solution under pressure directly into the cadaver's arteries, which would then carry the fluid through the entire body. By the middle of the 18th century, the service was being commercially offered in England, and in 1755, one dentist in London became notorious for embalming the body of his deceased wife, propping her up outside of his shop in a glass-topped coffin as an advertisement. Uh, no. Look at how pretty her teeth are. I suddenly decided I need a prenup. Just so you don't end up in a glass coffin. I don't know why, but I'm very concerned about that now. We, for some we reason. know Rebecca's funeral plans. We won't let that happen. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. I got you, boo. Oh, man. Until the mid-19th century, embalming only preserved bodies for dissection, not funerals. But the Civil War changed everything. According to David Hacker, a demographic historian from Birmingham University in New York, approximately 750,000 died during the Civil War. And with this horrific uptick in deaths, a new way to preserve bodies for the long journey home was needed and quick. Iced lined coffins and airtight receptacles did the job, but they proved cost prohibitive for the most families. As for medical embalming, the solutions used were highly poisonous. In fact, medical students kept dropping like flies after coming in contact. Oh no. What to do? (laughs) I don't know, maybe personal personal protective protective equipment? Don't know if they had that back then. They just kind of like pulled their collar up and like went with a needle. On God. <laughs> Did they even know what germs were then? Oh, during the Civil War. Yeah, that was right about the time of germ when theory. When germ theory started to take hold. People yeah. were like, wait, maybe the air hasn't gone bad, but that green limb hanging off your body sure doesn't look great. I will say, I'm really sad that those really awesome masks went away with germ theory. The apothecary mask? Yes. The plague mask? Those are awesome. Yeah, they, they need to come go back. Away. They're just not as popular. They should be. Well, we can get one for the studio. Ooh, I don't. I don't like that. Uh-uh. <laughs> I like to but look. I'm real th- sad that they're gone. I like to look at them from afar. All right. By the 1850s, an American surgeon named Thomas Holmes, who is serving as the coroner for New York City, had been experien- experiencing <laughs> experimenting <laughs> with a quote non toxic fluid injection, and he used a formula of four ounces of arsenic dissolved in a gallon of water. I'm sorry, non toxic quote non toxic. <laughs> okay, four ounces in a gallon. Sure, it's fine. 
gets watered down. But nobody dropped like flies. Nobody was passing out when they were using it. Valid. So. Okay, improvement. Holmes' method came at just the right time. In 1861, the American Civil War broke out, and soon thousands of soldiers were fighting and dying hundreds of miles away from home. As it turned out, the first Union soldier killed in the war was a personal friend of President Abraham Lincoln. Fascinating. Militia officer Elmer Ellsworth had once been a clerk in a Lincoln law office when his unit was sent to Alexandria for the first days of the war. He was killed as he tried to cut down a Confederate flag. Thomas Holmes approached the president and offered to embalm the young officer's body for free. Uh, according to Mrs. Lincoln, Ellsworth's body appeared, quote, natural, as if he were only sleeping. The handiwork of Holmes... Ellsworth's body brought him overnight as the father of modern day embalming. Oh, that's cool. Um, a short time later, Holmes was given a contract by the War Department to embalm the corpses of fallen Union soldiers so they could be sent home for a proper burial. It wasn't long before other, quote, embalming surgeons began to follow the Federal Army, setting up tents near the battlefield and offering their services to any family who could afford the cost. At first, they would simply approach the soldiers wherever they could and offer a prepaid arrangement in which embalmer would search for the corpse on the battlefield and undertake the embalming process. Needless to say, that didn't turn out to be much of a um, morale booster. No, not quite. So <laughs> I would think So not. you're going to die. And when you do, do you want me to make sure you get home in one piece? I would imagine it's not a morale booster, but I could also see myself like searching that out. Seeking that out. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we make plans for our death. Yeah, but that's different. We've kind of learned a little more, and we're also not, you know, putting ourselves in danger 24 7 and having bullets fly past our head while a guy's asking us if valid. we want him to preserve our body. Very valid. I see your point. Carry on. Thank you. My wayward daughter. daughter. And the army stepped in and banned the sales. Instead, the embalmers would simply wander around the battlefield once the fighting had stopped looking for remains that could still be identified and then contact the families to offer their services. Oh, that makes me sad. In all, around 40,000 dead soldiers and officers were embalmed and shipped by railroad to their hometowns for burial. The rest, who could not afford it, were wrapped in blankets and buried in mass graves. Virtually all of the embalmers were Union men. The South had no trained embalmers. Although they did sometimes give pass to northern soldiers to enter the Confederate lines to embalm prominent officers. Perhaps the most famous embalming performed during the Civil War was Lincoln himself. After his assassination, his widow Mary allowed the company of Brown and Alexander, surgeons and embalmers, to preserve the president's body so it could be carried by a special train across the country for three weeks Hi. of public viewing. Oh. Finally mm. ending at the Lincoln Family Cemetery in Springfield, Illinois. Um, with the popularity of Holmes's new fluid, Americans could care for lost loved ones like never before, and they can ensure that no one got buried alive, a real concern at the time. But embalming didn't include hospitals, morgues, or funeral homes. All of these facets of sanitized death didn't come until 1867, when chemist Augustus Wilhelm von Hoffmann, that's all one name, just one person, <laughs> in case you were curious, oh. um, <laughs> discovered formaldehyde, replacing the use of arsenic. It became the foundation for modern methods of embalming. Uh, modern embalming cocktails contain a mixture of formaldehyde, glutathione, ethanol, humectants, and other wetting agents. <laughs> I have an old pharmaceutical bottle of formaldehyde. Of formaldehyde or just the it's bottle? It's just the bottle. Okay. <laughs> unfortunately. Um, oh, oh, unfortunately. I've been trying to finish the set, but surprisingly, 
or not. It's they're hard to find. Not as easy. Have you do you go antiquing often? I just keep an eye out when I do go. So an old roommate of mine works in a vet office and they keep jars of formaldehyde for whenever they have to remove animals' eyes. And they have just like jars of dog and cat eyes and formaldehyde chilling on the countertop. People don't take them home? Mm-mm. Oh, I would so want to take mine home. I have so many questions. Apparently it it's happens common. pretty often. People taking the eyeballs home? Yeah. No, no. animals having to have their eyeballs Especially removed. Especially like but little do- animals when they get yeah. like super what do freaked they- out and their eye pops out. What do they do with them? Why do they keep it in a jar of formaldehyde? Because they've got jars of eyeballs sitting on the table. Why? <laughs> Paperweights? Why yeah, not? Yeah, why not? It's probably easier than trying to dispose of it, honestly. It's a biohazard at that point. Yeah. But if it's pickled. But what did they do with the rest of the biohazards? Why just the... I, I don't understand. Can we move on? Yes. I'm you, almost done. <laughs> I don't understand why you don't think it's cool to have a jar of eyeballs. Why do you think it's cool? I don't know. Because it would look cool. It, it would. It does look pretty cool. I wouldn't want a jar of like multiple eyeballs. Well, we'll keep an eye on the situation and we'll move on. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> By 1920, funeral homes began appearing, which offered a full suite of mortuary services from embalming to burial. Last little interesting factoid, and since if we talk about it, we have to go. Ooh! The National History... Nope. (laughs) National... Nope. Nope. We're not going. The National Museum of Funeral History in Houston, Texas, has a large number of exhibits depicting the history of mortuary practices. There are caskets and hearses from various periods on display, an illustration of Civil War embalming methods, and a special exhibit of artifacts from the funeral of United States presidents. Oh, that's That's cool. Ta-da! I had two more little stories, but I feel like that went on for a while. I kind of want to go and see this. Yeah. Let's go. Let's all go. To see where the funeral home conspiracy all started. I I think we should. The funeral home conspiracy? Why Everybody... we stopped Viking funerals? No. Have you noticed how many different funeral homes are on every town with different names? Yes. They're all owned by four companies. What? Yeah, pretty much. I think it's only like four or five, but they give them family-friendly names that like fit in the town, so everyone thinks they're getting hometown service, but it's actually four large companies that own them all. <gasps> oh my god. For shame. Yeah. Ruckland. This week, we have a Ladies of Strange exclusive as Ruck blows <laughs> open <laughs> the embalming <laughs> industry. In. No, the funeral home industry. There's a difference. Yeah. I forget where I heard that, but I was like, you know what? That makes total sense because, I mean, who actually goes into the funeral home business? I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to do some research because I have some contacts. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, as you were talking about all of that, I was like, you know, this would be really interesting to reach out to somebody. Well, you know, because of course he did. Hagrid made friends with one of the guys that, quote, owns the funeral home where we had his grandmother's service. That sounds about right. You know, he's worked on his car and been to his house because, you know, of course he did. (laughs) I'm going to I'm going to need to uh, go with him next time. I'm like, all right, Mr. Family owned business. You let me know because I know the podcast I heard it on. And if it turns out they were wrong, I will go have a talk with them. Oh, (laughs) strongly worded letters. Yeah. I am so excited about looking into this. I am intrigued. Wait, do we have homework? We may have a follow up because we've got a couple people we can talk to now about this. Rock, you gave us homework. Uh, you're welcome. No. <laughs> <laughs> the one who would appreciate homework doesn't have homework because she doesn't have contacts. I don't. 
Son of a bitch. What is happening? <laughs> hey, I have homework too. I have to edit stuff now too. You asked for that. I did ask Your for episodes that. are good, but they're less than 20 minutes long. Oh, yeah. They're going to be less than 10 most of the time. Yeah. Ha. Speaking of your episodes, do you want to go? I know we briefly touched base on it at the beginning, but do you want to explain a little bit more about your show and what you do for us and where measly little it? indie podcasters? I mean, I don't need to talk about the show anymore. I, I don't like self-promotion. I'm terrible at it. But what do I do? I, I consider myself the biggest super fan and promoter that I can be for all the indie podcasts that I keep finding and falling in love with. So that is my thing. I can't shut up about it. I like that thing. Well, we'll talk about your show. So Ruck just recently released his own show. And it's called 5 and 30 with Ruck. And he interviews a indie podcast host bi-weekly, correct? Correct. And the structure- So every two weeks. Yes. Not twice a week. Okay, CK. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. I don't want to get people's hopes up twice a month, every other week, every however other you week. want to phrase yes. it. Just look it up. You'll see how often they get released. If you can't figure it out, that's on your own. <laughs> but it's called 5 and 30 with Ruck. So Ruck asks each host five random questions, quote unquote random. Quote random, yes. Just randomly picked questions that you can submit to him. Um, and then the host gets 30 seconds to promote whatever they would like to promote and it's fantastic and it's a fun way to get to know indie hosts a little differently than what they usually discuss on their show yeah it's a lot of fun and i think it's going to be a great contribution to our little indie world here and we appreciate it rick well thank you you're wonderful thanks i'm getting better at taking compliments but i suck at it most of the time oh perfect well i'll just keep bombarding you with them on discord and you'll get used to it it'll be great I, I'd say I'd just mute the channel, but I can't do that. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. not allowed not to. Allowed. <laughs> nope. Excellent. <laughs> Speaking of, if you want to find a uh, chat with any of us on Discord, there will be links in the show notes because we have a lot of fun over there. So come join us. Have we even explained what Discord is yet on our show? Um, because we just keep saying Discord. <laughs> it's, it out. it's basically like a group text message chat that we have all day, every day, and we talk about everything from cuddle bars to inappropriate jokes to pictures of stuffed unicorns. It's great. <laughs> so, on that note, <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on, Ruck. Yes, we really, you, really Rockland. appreciate thank it. You. We had fun. Well, thank you for having me. We appreciate you being patient with the change of structure, since somebody didn't want to tell us a story. <clears throat> <laughs> I don't know why Rebecca would do that. <laughs> hey, now. The name does start with an R. Back off our record. Never. Now, I, I wouldn't know what to do if she backed off, okay? That's, that's very fair. We've established our boundaries. If she's nice to me, I'm going to think that something's wrong. That, that's a fair assumption. <laughs> now everyone knows that I'm a bitch. And on that note, remember, friends, everyone has something that they find odd. Let us tell you why it's not. If you have any questionable topics you'd like us to discuss, you can share them with us on any of our social medias. Links can be found on our website, theladiesofstrange.com, or you can email them to us at theladiesofstrange at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you think we're doing a great job and want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. Keep it strange, lovelies. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, friends. Bye. Yeah! <laughs>